Hey everybody. Good morning. How are you feeling? All you introverts, are you exhausted after that three minutes? I'm sure. So happy to see you guys. Welcome home. If you don't know me, my name is David. Just really grateful, happy to be sharing from the scriptures today. I'd like to open today with Indeed, um, this is the word of the Lord from 1 Corinthians 10 and Romans chapter 11. And everything that we're hearing today just kind of focuses us, primes us to hear from what God is leading us into. So here we go. This is Corinthians 10 and Romans 11. It's a bit of Bible, but just stick with me. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Corinth. He says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Do not cause anyone to stumble, whether Jews, Greeks, or the church of God, even as I try to please everyone in every way, for I am not seeking my own good, but the good of many, so that many may be saved. I fo follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge! Exclamation point. How impossible it is for us to understand his decisions and his ways. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows even enough to give him advice? Has anyone ever here thought, maybe I just want to give God a little bit of input on where things should be going? I love that. Who knows enough to give him advice? And who has given him enough so much that he needs to pay it back? For everything comes from him. Let me say that one more time. For everything comes from him and exists by his power as intended for his glory. Say this with me. All glory to him forever. Amen. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Hey, just a couple quick updates before we dig into the scriptures. Uh, we've got some really cool Highlands Church gear out at the Connection Center. I just encourage you after service, if you didn't get the mug, the tote, the pens, all the good stuff last week. Make sure you stop out and get it. Oh, yeah, yes, thank you, Lori. You're, you're representing the new gear. I appreciate that. Um, one thing you didn't know is that we actually added to the gear available with a really charming new keychain. And so... Just make sure you stop out there, grab a keychain, grab a, grab a little swag bag, whatever we're calling it, and just make sure that you uh, go and take this name and represent it well out there. Um, Jeff was a little humble when it came to midweek this past week, but it was amazing. There were like 35 people there with kids. Kids went upstairs. The, root, the library was full so much so that my amazing wife felt like she had to kind of like get a breath of fresh air out in the hallway. It was so wonderful, Jeff, and it's just the beginning. And so thank you for your leadership on that. Can we thank Pastor Jeff? for just a moment. If you're kind of new to church, if you're kind of new to community and you're like, man, I'd love to dig deeper. I don't really know. I don't want to go to someone's house, some random person's house or whatever. This is a perfect opportunity for you to come in, to dig deep with 25 of your closest friends, to find connection somewhere in the room so that you can really do what this is saying right here, following Jesus together. So midweek, Wednesdays, six to eight-ish, and it is, it was amazing. So uh, next thing, uh, a couple weeks ago we announced that we were partnering with a church in Jackson, Mississippi uh, to help them with their water problems that they were having. Well, shortly after we announced it, uh, apparently pressure uh, was, re what is it, resumed? Pressure was restored, thank you, Rod, um, to, the, to the water system in Jackson, Mississippi, but 
uh, it wasn't clean. And so they were having to boil every bucket of water. And this is Rebecca's hometown. And so we partnered with, uh, with this church called Home Church in, in uh, Brandon, Mississippi. And, uh, and because of your generosity, we sent them a check for $1,000. And so can we just thank God for generosity? And I just want you to think, do the math in your own mind, because all that money was going towards bottled water. So just think, what is, what is it, a case of water? It's like five bucks, right? So do the math. We sent a whole lot of water to people who needed it. So thank you for that. Thank you for supporting it. All right. So let's get into it. Last week, if you missed it, we started this three-week focus for 2022 um, called Following Jesus Together. Now, what do I mean by focus? Uh, every year, we as a church, we choose to commit and apply uh, a focus that helps create boundaries and set guardrails for where we go and what we do. What we talk about, what we emphasize, what we do, and what we teach. It's a box that we believe God has given us to exist in for a season to grow us in our faith and obedience. Last year, our focus was a single word. It was the word onward. And God, in this last year, called us forward into a new name, new practices, new values, new priorities, and this is 2021. It was formative for us as a family. Now, 2022, we talked about this last week, following Jesus together. We believe that God is calling us to build on our identity that we received last year as we move forward with him, to build on the new identity with new direction, a clearly defined mission that from here to heaven, the output of our faith, the action that flows from our belief in Christ must become the pursuit of Christ, and this is our focus, following Jesus together. Can we say this together real quick? Following Jesus together. One more time, come on now. Following Jesus together. And you've probably seen the phrase around. I've got it on my, on my coffee cup. I've got it on my coffee mug. I've got it on a tote. I've got it on pens. I've got it on a keychain. I've got it on a giant 14 by 22 foot banner right on the side of this wall on Glacrescenta Ave. Has anyone seen it yet? Show of hands. <laughs> Following Jesus together, it's who we are and it's what we do. Following Jesus together, but why? <sighs> Simply, it's because this is what the church is born again to do. And, and it always has been. You can't be the church and not follow Jesus. Jesus, uh, he, Jesus himself broke this down in Luke chapter 9. We heard this last week when he said, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. This is the expectation. If you want to be with Jesus, you have to follow him. The Apostle Paul, he agrees with this wholeheartedly all throughout the scriptures, but specifically in a passage that kind of defines our focus here. Second, uh, sorry, Colossians chapter 2, starting in verse 6, when he says, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Friends, the Christian life, for you and for me, is a life of acceptance that leads to action. It's a belief that must become our behavior. It's following, not just believing, but following Jesus together. He's the shepherd. What does that make us? The sheep. He's the shepherd. We're the sheep. He says, come, and we follow. So we must. And this is what we covered last week. 
For the next year, everything we'll be doing will be working toward this end of growing in our pursuit of Christ. Now, as we continue today, I just want to answer one specific question that led from last week, and that is, why? I mean, as Christians, we know this, at 30,000 feet, we follow Jesus because he said so and he invited us. It's just what we do. But why did he say so? Why does Jesus actually want us to follow him around? I mean, have you ever wondered that? If everything ultimately ends in heaven anyway, and our belief buys that ticket, John chapter 3, whoever believes in him will have eternal life, that's the end that we're promised, then what's the point of the present? Well, to understand why, we must first understand what. What Jesus in the first century was offering and extending to the world when he said, follow me. We need to understand what these disciples were actually getting themselves into, this early church, because friends, it is a common invitation. It is a common call. From Matthew chapter 4, I need you to understand this. From Matthew 4, when Jesus approached those fishermen repairing their nets, to you and me opening our Bibles and responding in faith to his invitation in the scriptures of eternal life, I need you to understand that it is the same call extended. It is the same offer given. And that means it's also the same expectation that we receive. For those who say yes to Jesus, it's the same expectation. So what's the deal? Why did he say follow? And what are we following him into? Well, that's what today is all about. Are you so excited? I know you're fired up. Everyone that had a donut has kind of got that like 45-minute lull in their system right now. The sugar crash. If you need something, go get some more. And listen, just for the sake of you note-takers, I'm going to try to keep this as clean, as practical as possible. And a heads up, I know the note cards are a little small. We're working on it, okay? Grab a dozen, okay? Get a binder. I don't care what you do. We're working on it. Um, but here we go. So the why and the what. So 2,000 years ago, when Jesus was out walking and extending this offer to his disciples, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, the invitation to follow, this was not a foreign concept to them. It was not a foreign concept to them. They knew what was happening in this moment. And let's just recap the moment real quick. This is, uh, this is from Matthew 4, starting in verse 18. I'm sure it's a passage that many of you already know. But it goes like this. It says, One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net in the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. Interesting. And they left their nets at once and followed him. Verse 21, a little farther up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called to them to, he called them to come to. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. So, what happened? Because again, this invitation is common. It's the same call, the same offer to follow. Well, at this moment, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, they were at work. They were doing family business. They were all fishermen. They had boats. They had nets. But as many of you already know, um, with them being Jews, this, this lifestyle, this profession wouldn't have been the dream for them growing up. 
See, in the first century, a little context, a little first century, Jewish boys would have spent a number of years, really up to about age 10, in a Hebrew school to learn the Torah. The Torah is the Old Testament, first half of your Bible. And the best students from this Hebrew school would then advance kind of to the next level. So imagine being in fifth grade, sixth grade, advancing into middle school. And then the best students in middle school would advance into high school. And the best students from high school would advance into college before eventually being called by a rabbi to do what? To follow. To follow them. When a rabbi calls you to follow, he is essentially inviting you to be his apprentice. His apprentice. Where he continues to teach you in a real world, picture a trade school for a moment. He continues to teach you in a real world setting with hopes that one day you could be like him and take over, do what he does, live in such a way that that those who see you know it is who it is that you're following. Does that make sense? It's actually remarkably similar to what we see at the very beginning of our Bibles in Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. So God, the only God of the universe, he makes everything we see, and then he makes humanity, he makes human beings, and he calls this man Adam. And Adam was created in God's image, and, and he was created to, to be like God and do what God does on God's behalf. And so God makes Adam, and then he assigns him this task of going out to be his representative, to be his proxy out in the world on God's behalf, so that when everything that Adam did, that the world would look in and see God in it. This is why God made Adam and God, why, why God made people. Pretty cool. But this is the dream, and it kind of applies to this practice from Hebrew school in the first century to become an apprentice of a rabbi and to live and to work on their behalf. But back to the story, you got to remember, these, these Jewish boys, were, were, they were fishing. And this meant at some point along the way, they just weren't good enough to advance from middle to high school to college to trade school, whatever it might be. Bummer, right? But Jesus, he's, on the, he's fresh, fresh into ministry, and it's God walking on earth as a rabbi doing everything necessary to be seen and respected as a rabbi. And Jesus approaches these guys who didn't make the cut. And in Matthew chapter 4, he says, Come, follow me, I will show you. Come, follow me, and I will show you. It wasn't, hey guys, cool boat. Guess what? I'm God. If you believe in me, you get to go to heaven. Just say the prayer. Let's do it together. No, it wasn't, Jesus wasn't saying, believe in me, Peter, Andrew, James, and John. No, it was, I believe in you. I believe in you, so come and follow me and be my apprentice. No one else believed in you, but I believe in you. Now come and follow me and be my apprentice. I will show you how to be like me. I will teach you how to do what I do the way I do it. These guys, they knew when Jesus called. They knew what they were getting themselves into. Why? Because it was what they would have always longed for. It's what they would have always longed for, to be chosen, to leave their old life behind. They knew that this call to follow meant that every part of their life was different now. They were no longer living for themselves. No, they were living in the image of the rabbi, their teacher, and they were now alive to learn and reflect the one who called them. This is what he said, 
do what he said like he would. This was the offer that was extended to these men on the boat, and this was also the expectation. Now, for much, I would say, for much of our world today, this concept of apprenticeship has been largely forgotten. It's been kind of swept away in the current of making our own way in a culture of, of radical individualism. We don't want someone telling us what to do. We don't want someone telling us who to be or how to, or how to be. And so uh, really this, this culture of apprenticeship, this idea is, is largely reserved for trades, which guess what? Jesus was a tradesman. How interesting is that? So it's largely forgotten today, but when I was in my 20s, um, I actually experienced something kind of like this apprentice life, believe it or not, when I first started waiting tables. And this is going to sound <laughs> a little goofy. Has anyone ever waited tables? I see a couple hands. Everyone at some point in their life should, should learn to wait tables. It'll make you a whole lot more patient. Um, <laughs> But listen, I was probably 22 years old. At the time, I was uh, working at a daycare, and it just didn't pay enough, which by the, the daycare changed my whole life. I loved working there, but, um, but it just couldn't pay the bills, and so I got a second job, um, and I applied to be a server at TGI Fridays because I just loved those mozzarella sticks. <laughs> For, I'm not kidding. They are seriously amazing, and my belt knows it too. But um, listen... If you don't know how to wait tables, there's, there's actually a lot to it. Um, it's, you, you, you need to know the menu. You need to know the culture. You need to know how to approach a table and how to solve problems on the fly. And so starting out, it was actually really stressful for me, which is why at the time, any new server at TGI Fridays started as an apprentice, as a trainee under a trainer, where the trainer would then take the new guy, who was me, under their wing and show them the ropes, show them how to make coffee, Show them how to change the soda stuff. Show them how to wipe down a table. Show them how to greet a table. Show them how to engage with the kitchen. Show, show them how to like take an entire order out without taking notes. I mean, it was so, so much. And I actually remember this one time I, um, man, it was crazy. So it was like a Wednesday night. I was closing up at TGI Fridays. And like, and on Wednesdays in Wisconsin, like that was youth group day. And so like 8, 30, 9 o'clock, we had like 50 kids come in. And these were all Christians, by the way, and they were the worst. I just want to be honest. <laughs> they, they came in, and they, like, needed and needed and needed, and then they didn't tip at all. And so just so you know, just as a heads up, if you go to a restaurant, represent Jesus in the way that you thank your server, okay? Make sure you, if you can afford to go to a restaurant, afford to tip well, okay? But anyway, I, I, was, with this, um, I was with this trainer for a while, who was showing me the ropes. His name was Rob, and he was one of the best servers I've ever seen. The guy could, could like, carry four glasses of water in each hand. And then, seriously, and so he would do three, and then put a little coaster on the three, and then, like, TP, kind of like a house of cards on the top. It was wild. The guy was amazing. He knew how to, again, take an order for the entire table without writing it down. He knew how to sing that perfect birthday song. Has everyone ever gotten the birthday song from TGI Fridays? Thank you. You know what I'm talking about. It's very embarrassing. It's very embarrassing for everyone involved. <laughs> but listen, he, he made a ton of money, and so I knew I needed to learn from him. And for weeks when I showed up, I essentially worked on his behalf. I waited his tables. I, 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 I did it not like me, but I did it like, like he would. And when I screwed up, he not only corrected what I did, but how I did it. I was his apprentice in that season. I had no personal agency or authority to be there. I was there to not only do what he said, but to do it like he would. 
I was his proxy. I was working on his behalf in all things. It wasn't about how I wanted to do things. No, I submitted to his lead because I wasn't there to represent me. I was there to represent my teacher. And friends, this is the call in a roundabout way. This is the call and the invitation and the offer, but also the expectation that Jesus has given each of us when he says, follow me. He's essentially saying, you are now alive to represent your teacher in everything you do. And this is the what. This is the mission following Jesus and what I need you to remember today. But again, bringing it back around to the why, like what's the point? So this is the what. This is what was expected in the first century to follow. But the why, why is it that Jesus wants to follow him? Why does Jesus want a bunch of apprentices living like him and doing what he said like he would? Why? Well, without sounding overly simplistic here, Jesus calls us to follow him because he made us to follow him. We were designed and formed as human beings. Remember Genesis chapter 1. We were created to follow, to go and do what God said on his behalf. The fancy church word for this reality that we have been created in is glory. Can you say the word glory for me real quick? Glory. One more time. Glory. I know. It's so good. And this word glory we were, we were created for essentially means that we exist, every part of us exists to show the world what God is like at all times, in all things. This is, this is why we exist. And let me say that one more time if you're taking notes. I need you to write this down because this is essentially why you are alive. This is your purpose from here to heaven. It is to show the world what God is like in all things, at all times. This is your reason. And more importantly, why Jesus said follow, because he wants to show you Jesus wants to show you what God is like so you can go on his behalf to show those around you by imitating him, by imitating him and doing things like he did. And this is what we saw in our opening scriptures from Corinthians 10 and Romans chapter 11. It says, oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. How, how impossible is it for us to understand his decisions and his ways? For who can know the Lord's thoughts who knows enough to give him advice? He's the teacher. We're the trainees. And who has given him so much that he needs to pay it back? Verse 36, for everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for what? For his glory, glory to show the world what he is like. Everything exists to show the world what he is like. Did you catch that? Everything exists to reveal what God is like to the world. So 1 Corinthians 10, so whether you eat, or drink, or whatever you do. What, what exists outside of whatever you do? Nothing. This is all-encompassing. This is an entire life of surrender and obedience to Jesus. So whether you eat or drink or whatever, do it all for the glory of God. Do not cause anyone to stumble, whether Jews, Greeks, or, or the church of God, even as I try to please everyone in every way. For I am not seeking my own good. This is important but the good of many, so that many may be saved. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. And this is your why. This is why, this is why you're still here after you get saved. 
This is what it means to be a Christian, to live for his glory and to show the world who he is. Being a Christian isn't just doing good things. I know that that, that might come across like a surprise to some. Being a Christian isn't built around doing good things. It's doing the things your good father in heaven does on his behalf. Being a Christian isn't just doing the right things. It's doing the right things his way. Our lives are supposed to show our Savior. This is our why, and it always has been. And, and this is actually tracks, like what we talked about last week, when we, the kind of the origin of the name Christian, right? Um, the word Christian wasn't initially a self-assigned title, but rather it was an insult assigned to followers of Jesus by the Roman government. The early church were called Christians because they literally showed the world what God is like by living like their teacher, Jesus. These folks look so much like Jesus in their lives because they believed their old life was gone as they stepped into his new way, and they lived and worked and loved and served and responded on God's behalf in all things. This is... This is, this is why they were called Christians, because the world saw and said, you must be followers of Christ, because you're doing everything like he is. You must be little Christ, that's what Christian means, little Christ, because you're doing everything, and you look just like Jesus. Incredible, right? And these Christians, living for the glory of God, they went on to change the world. They went on to change the world because their faith didn't stop at belief. No, their belief became their behavior. Their acceptance of this invitation informed their action, and it literally transformed the world as we know it. I hope you're catching this. We are here today, friends, 2,000 years later, because four guys decided to say yes and meant it. We are here today because four guys gave their whole life to following Jesus, and they represented him out in the world to study him, to submit everything to him, and, and to live on his behalf. We're here because four guys were faithful. Four guys were faithful. Four who became 12. 12 who became 72. 72 who became 150 in the upper room as the Holy Spirit came. 3,000 that day at Pentecost. And, and, they, and then they became the early church who went on to inspire generation after generation, after generation to greater faith and obedience as they heard and shared that same call to come, follow me, let me show you. For over 2,000 years, God has used the faith of his people to inspire the future faith of the next generation. If you are a Christian, then you are the fruit of this Holy Spirit-filled strategy from God. You have been called to follow Jesus by those who were called to follow Jesus. You get that? You've been called to follow Jesus by those who were called to follow Jesus, so you might invite others to follow Jesus. Now it's up to you to show the world what he is like. Hebrews chapter 12 says it like this. It'll be on the screen. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And here it is. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. How? Verse 2. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor, beside God's throne. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? Since we are surrounded by such a huge 
crowd of witnesses 2,000 years in the making. All those who came before, let us run with endurance the race that God has given us. And we run this race on this narrow road by keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, focused on Jesus, by following him and his way together because he is the one who initiates and perfects our faith. Friends, it is time for us to run. It is time for us to run with endurance the race God has set before us. And that's what this next year, that's what this focus year is all about. Because while we are here today to carry the baton, we're carrying the banner for such a time as this in a race that's been running for 2,000 years, I need you to understand that this life of faith that we are living, it is not on a treadmill. It is not it is not on a treadmill. We are not here to stand in place or rerun the race set before those who came before us. No, we are simply tasked to keep doing what the church has always done, to just keep following Jesus together on the route that he has given us, the one that reveals to the world who we are and whose we are. This is the life of faith that you were saved for, that you were called for, that you were invited into, and it's also the expectation for your why for why you were called to follow. Everything for the glory of God and the good of others. This is your why. One more time. To show the whole world in ways only you can what God is like. Now, okay, all that said, kind of land in the plane in just a second here. All that said, last week we, we finished talking about how, if you want to follow Jesus, then you got to be with Jesus. You need to prioritize your proximity to Jesus. You need to get to Jesus in, in Scripture and in prayer and in worship and in fellowship. You just got to get there. Well, today as we close, I want to talk quickly about a single point of application supported by some practical things that we can all do to grow in our reflection of God. To not only believe more... Is it getting darker? Does it feel dark? I don't know. I feel like everything kind of got dark. Okay. It's nice, actually. I can see you. This is wonderful. Today, as we close, I, I, I want to I talk about the single point to not only believe more in God, but to step into a life apprenticing to Jesus. And I know I already gave this point away last week, but if you're taking notes, if you want to follow Jesus to show the world what God is like, you need to simply do what Jesus said like Jesus would. Do what Jesus said like Jesus would. This is the life of glory. I love how Paul puts it in Ephesians chapter 5 when he says this. It'll be on the screen in just a second. It says, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. This is the life of glory. This is a life where you show the world what he is really like. Verse 5, uh, Ephesians 5, verse 1. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. I, I just want to point out quickly that this call to imitate and follow Jesus, it is not limited to what is easy for you. It is not limited to what is socially acceptable. It is not limited to what you agree with or what's fun or what aligns with what you think makes you who you are. Jesus tells you who you are now. If you follow him, everything about the Christian life is defined by the denial of self. 
It's believing that your old life is dead and now you're born again to take up your cross and to follow him in everything you do. Verse, verse 1. In everything you do. Why? Because you are now his beloved children. You are family of God. You belong to the kingdom of God now. So, so imitate your good father in heaven. Show the world what he is like. Verse 2. Live a life filled with love. Following. There's that word following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. If you're a Christian, then this is your job description. This is why you're alive. This is how you show the world who God is. You imitate Jesus in everything you do. Second Corinthians calls this being the aroma of Christ. The aroma of Christ everywhere you go. Your only job is to do what Jesus said like Jesus would. If we're to be faithful to our mission, church, we, we must begin to see ourselves as imitators of God in every area of our life. Just like me waiting tables, friends. We need to remember that we are not born again to be us anymore. You were not born again to be who you once were or to figure this life out on your own, to run your own race. No, we were, we were called to reflect our teacher. We were called to reflect our teacher, our Lord, our Savior, our Father, and our friend. We are here in submission and surrender to he who called us. So we need to do what he said. We need to do what he said like he would. How does this play out? Well, if you want to do what Jesus said like he would, you need to answer two big questions, and we're just about finished. The first question you need to ask yourself is, what did Jesus say? And the second question is, what is Jesus saying? This is your path to faithfulness. Two questions. That's it. What did Jesus say? And what is Jesus saying? Now, to answer the first question, what did Jesus say, I'm just going to keep beating this drum hard. Last week, I hit it hard. I'm going to hit it again today. You need to get into the Bible. You need to get in the Bible. And I don't want to get too intense about this, but you cannot be an apprentice to Jesus, meaning you cannot be a Christian, meaning you cannot follow Jesus and do what Jesus said if you don't first know what Jesus said. That's right, Manny. Come on. Who else wants to say Anybody? This feels good. I love it. I'm feeling really encouraged right now. You cannot follow Jesus and do what he said if you don't know what he said. This means that a life as a follower of Jesus must begin in the Bible. Why? Because this is where we find what Jesus said. This is where we find what Jesus said. This is where Jesus told his followers what to do and how to do it. It's all in there. The living word of God revealed through the written word of God. And listen, while everything in this book is helpful to grow and mature our faith, and while everything is technically written by Jesus because it was written by the Holy Spirit and the Trinity, it's complicated, right, Jeff? Okay. Practically, if you want to know what Jesus said in the scriptures, I'd start with the direct words of Jesus found in the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Dig into the scriptures for direction that he already gave his first disciples. Check out the Sermon on the Mount. Has anyone ever read the Sermon on the Mount? Every hand needs to go up next week. Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. This is his foremost teaching that goes on to inform and pull all throughout the Gospels everything else that he was saying. So read the stories and the parables. Read, the, read how he revealed how he saw people and how he loved people. Read what he prioritized and, and, and who we, what he believed was possible because it's all in here. Everything you need to know is, is in here. This is the first step. Open your Bibles. 
Open your Bibles. And we talked about this at midweek, but like, I know that there's some of us that have a hard time reading, and so I just want to encourage you again. Johnny Cash has read the entire Bible. It's on YouTube. And it's amazing. And so if you're in the car and you just need to listen to some scripture, you need to be informed by what Jesus has said, just turn it on. Johnny Cash will tell you, okay? Follow him as he follows Jesus. Got it? This is good. All right, so open your Bibles. Know what Jesus said before in the scriptures. And after you do that, it's then, question number two, uh, we need to ask ourselves, what is Jesus saying today? Once we know what Jesus said, we need to ask ourselves, what is Jesus saying in our church, in our hearts, in our time? What is Jesus saying now? Why? Because Jesus is still speaking. Jesus is still calling and inviting us, even now, today, to follow him. And while God, again, has given us everything we need to be faithful in his written word, and it will never contradict, the gospel tells us that he's also given us his spirit to fill us and to guide us and convict us and empower us and teach us and lead us. Why? So that we might go and represent him out in the world. Friends, God has spoken and is still speaking. God speaks through his spirit in prayer, in worship, in the scriptures, in community, in fellowship. God speaks through his spirit, through music, through great food and good company. God speaks through, for, through every, God is active. And his mission to seek and save the lost, he'll use anything and everything possible to make himself known. There is nothing that God can't use to make himself known. And that's what we heard in Romans 11 just a moment ago. For everything comes from him. Everything exists by his power and is intended for his glory. God is not limited to churchy things. God is not limited to Sunday mornings. Nah, Jesus Christ, the one who called you, he is Lord of all creation. Colossians chapter one, he reigns supreme over everything we see and everything we can't. And this God who became a person, he invited you to follow him in his way. To do what he said and to do what he is saying like he would. So that all might know and believe and be saved. And this is it. If there's one thing I need you to remember this morning to bring focus to your faith, let it be this. This is your why from Ephesians 5. Imitate God. This is why you're alive. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do. Because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love following the example of Christ. You are alive for his glory. You are born again and called family in heaven so the world might see the goodness of God through every single part of your life. With every breath that I am able, right, I will sing of the goodness of God. This is your why. But you can't show what you don't know. And this is why Jesus came and called and said, follow me. Let me show you what, what God is really like. This is the call. This is the invitation. It's a common one, but it's also our expectation. And this is our focus for the next year. So what do you say? It's my dream. It is my dream that we would be a church alive to show the world, to show La Crescenta, the greatest city in the known world, right? That we would show La Crescenta what God is like in everything we do. From Sunday to Sunday and everything in between, that we would be followers of Jesus, not just believers in Jesus, but followers of Jesus, where our belief would become our behavior. 
as we choose to do what Jesus said like he would. It's my dream that there would be people that our city would say, wow, man, you guys just look so much like Jesus. Tell me more. The gospel is good news, and we need to be carriers of this good news out into our city. If we want to see people reached, if we want to see people set free, if we want to see people experience the love of God, then we need to be the ones that show. That means that we have to follow Jesus together. Amen? Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love following the example of Christ. He loved you. He loved you and offered himself as a sacrifice, a pleasing aroma to God. Now let us go and be the fragrance of Christ. Pray with me. Jesus, we love you and we thank you for today. We're so grateful that you love us and that you've called us to yourself. God, help us understand this life of an apprentice, God, that that this isn't about us, that everything is about you, God, that everything we do needs to be representing you out into the world. From work to family to the freeway, God, everything we do must be seen for your glory, God. And so, God, help us in this moment as we leave today, God, help us really step into this greater life of being an apprentice, of being an intern, God, of being the trainee under you, our teacher. Because, God, we know that our belief has bought us our place in heaven, God, that you have provided that through faith by our belief, God. But, but we also know that you want us to still be here and behave like you. So, God, from here to heaven, we ask that, that you would lead us, that you would guide us through your spirit, that you'd open up our eyes to where you're going. God, that you'd help us see what you said and how you, and how you said it so we might be able to go and do what you said, like you would. God, help us see what you said and what you're saying even now as you're leading us. So God, we love you and we thank you. We know that this is just the beginning. So we praise you for that, God. God, we want to imitate you more every single day. We want to live a life filled with love as we follow your example. So God, just give us the courage. Keep us focused as we follow you together. So it's in your name, Jesus, the name of all names, and we all said,